0: You're listening to the God Stories Radio podcast with Fritz, Mike, and Tina, bringing hope, comfort, and encouragement through the power of the Christian testimony. Listen live on the Mixler app and follow us on your favorite platform, including iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Radio.com. Stay connected with us on Facebook and Twitter at God Stories Radio.
1: Of to God Stories Radio at Session 239. I'm
0: Fritz. And I'm Tina.
1: And Mikey was a scheduled call-in, but we can't seem to uh, get past his voicemail.
0: <laughs> I have a feeling that might be to do with his service because he is in a remote location. Well,
1: that's true. Out there in Montbird.
0: Yeah. He's out
1: with the squirrels.
0: <laughs> so, Mike, we're so sorry we tried a hey, bunch man, of we times. We We're sorry. But um, how was your week, Fred?
1: Uh, well, <laughs> golly, that's a loaded question, babe, because uh, <laughs> with the the pandemic going on and uh, it's just, you know, people getting laid off and just people are struggling, needing hope and, and encouragement. And I'm a hope dealer.
0: Yeah, and absolutely. And I'm very
1: privileged. I don't take the uh, the task or the appointment very lightly so i'm glad to be on this side of the microphone at least encouraging hopefully encouraging somebody tonight
0: i have to admit you and your sister are like the most positive people i've ever met i have yeah i think you guys are really like upbeat and positive like you're always that way oh thank you so it's uh it's a gift
1: (laughs) well i appreciate it some uh I've been, you know, I've been called Barnabas by some. Yeah. Barnabas was an exhorter and encourager.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, right. I can see that about you. Oh,
1: I appreciate that. (laughs) So let me kick it over there to you. What's going on?
0: Well, just another week working at home, you know, enjoying uh, the not having the commute. Uh, Working in my pajamas, which is nice. I know, we've saved a bunch
1: in gas, haven't we?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I know, gas is sort of at an all-time low right now you bet interesting times. So, you know, just like many of you out there, we are just living day by day, trying to figure out how to get along and move along and keep the faith and stay encouraged and not let this pandemic take over our hearts because God is in control at the end of the day.
1: I know it's just about time that I get down, I walk out my front door, man, and I just see families uh talking to each other and playing and running around in the front yard and kids uh, laughing and it just, it just warms my heart. So uh, there, you can see good through all the, the mess.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think those are the, the moments we just kind of have to harbor in and weigh in. So um, we have a special guest today and I'm excited to have her here. She is uh One of our write-ins, when we appealed a couple of weeks ago for folks to um, just contact us and uh, let us know if they'd be willing to share their story, she was kind enough to write in and say that she would be willing to share hers. So I'm really excited. She lives out in Missouri, Texas, and she's a wife, mother, and a mammy of two wonderful grandkids she's actually um an author and she's written several books uh one of them being grandmas and uh grand grandkids and the other one um that we're actually going to talk quite a bit about today prayers for the laid off so um i'd like to make sure that i introduce to you miss mary carto so I was just saying, um, I know you've offered to um, give ten, oh, give away 10 free copies of your Prayers for the Laid Off book to the first 10 people that um, contact you on marycarto.com, and that's M-A-R-Y-K-A-A-R-T-O dot com.
2: It's help for the laid off, and that's the one I think they need the most right now, anybody that might be looking for looking for work.
0: Absolutely. So take us back to the beginning, Mary, and just tell us a little bit about you. Where were you born? Where did your parents come from? What was your life like growing up?
2: Well, sure. Thank you. Um, I am a native Estonian. I am the youngest of five kids. My daddy was from New Iberia, Louisiana, and my mom was from Georgia. We lived in, you you know, all of us uh, have lived in Houston, all of our lives and my parents are both deceased, and so now it is uh, my sisters, my brother and I, I'm the baby, and we all have, uh, most of us have grandkids, but we all have kids, and, um, you know, we're getting older in years, and, uh, you know, the older you get, the more you realize how much family, family's everything, I mean, just is, so... We we are grateful for each other, and we always uh, are there for each other, no matter what. So I'm very blessed to have the family that I do.
0: I'm so glad to hear that, um, and family definitely is a blessing. Um, and so kind of what what kind of got you on this whole mission to start writing books?
2: Well, it's so interesting, Tina. I, uh, I worked actually as an administrative assistant for many probably close to twenty years, but I dreamed of writing and traveling full time for a living. That is what I wanted to do. And when you have a dream that strong, it's a that's that's a God thing. But I didn't have a college degree. I didn't have any formal training. I didn't have a mentor. I didn't have a foot in the door. And at the time I didn't even have God. I just had this huge dream. And my first layoff occurred on October 13th, 1994. I, I am a geek. I, I've kept journals since I was 14. So today, I actually went back and got some factual information in black and white. Uh, so there was the date, and I was working as an administrative assistant for a large construction company. And like so many people, uh, they get called into. I got called into my boss's office and. You know, all I heard was, blah, 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 downsizing, position eliminated, uh, so-and-so from HR is here, here's your box, uh, the lady escorted me to my desk where I packed up my meager belongings, she escorted me to my parking lot, and the, I mean, I felt like I was a prisoner, it's like, what if I didn't belong, you know, and... Um, did they think I was going to steal something? I don't know. But all I could see as I was walking towards that desk was my, the school picture of my nine-year-old daughter. And I was holding back tears. And as I was walking down the hall, I will never forget it. This young, of course, thin and beautiful, right? Tina thin and beautiful, the whole package, mm-hmm. Heather redhead, uh, She asked what was going on, and I I told her, you know, I'd just been laid off. And she's like, oh, well, who knows? This might be the best thing that ever happened to you. (laughs) And, you know, that's just not not what I wanted to hear. It was not helpful. Yeah. But who in the world would have ever known how prophetic her words became? The reason for that, Tia, is because, yes, I had that dream. And I had this thing that, you know, if I don't do something towards making that dream come true, for sure, nothing's going to happen. And it could only have been God to give me such a crazy idea. But I I followed it. Um, I contacted an editor with the Houston Chronicle. And I introduced myself and I I pitched my little story idea like I knew what I was doing. I mean, what a joke. (laughs) (laughs) And I mean, because I so didn't, but I was just like, what do I have to lose? And I pitched my story idea and I said, you know, I really just want to do this. And she said, you know, have you been published before? And I'm like, no, ma'am, but would you please just give me this chance? I really, more than anything, just want to know if I have any kind of talent, like any, and I need to know it from somebody that does have talent and does know what they're doing. Won't you please just give me this chance? And she said, okay, I could not believe it. So somehow, by the grace of God, I knew what to do without knowing what to do, if that makes any sense. Mm Mm-hmm. I wrote the article. I sent it to her via email, and she called me and said, you know, what's your mailing address? I need to send a check. We're going to run the article. We're going to pay you for it. And by the way, would you like another, you know, would you like us to sign you another story? And I was like, sure. And so that began probably close to 15 years of freelance working relationship with the Houston Chronicle, and that's a big deal because Houston, Houston is a large city, and at the time, there were only two major newspapers, the Houston Chronicle and the Houston Post. So anyway, during I was laid off for two years as a single mom, and I don't know what I would have done without my brother. He helped me make my ends meet every month for two years. Uh, However, there were a lot of different times where I had some really hard things come up that he didn't know about. I felt so guilty um, having to accept help. And pride was a, a sin in my life that I didn't know at the time. But I had never not been able to take care of my daughter and I. Right. And To suddenly not be able to do that, it's a very hard, hard, hard thing to go through. And at the same time, God was like, I don't want you to go to your brother. Don't tell Pat. I will provide for you. And it was his way. And, you know, I didn't know God that well at the time. Mm -hmm. um, But I felt like he was really wanting me to get to know him and Mm -hmm. he was really impressing on me don't tell your brother i will take care of you and i remember one day one sunday i decided to take emily that's my precious daughter now 37 year old military wife mama two I took Emily and I to my brother's church one Sunday. I hadn't been to church in a thousand years. And I wanted to see what all the fuss was about because I had seen some really radical changes in my brother. And at the same time, I'm my own person, right? I don't want anybody hassling me. We sat way on the opposite side of the church because I just, I wanted to just be there and just be there. and and see what the thing was and I listened to the sermon and I don't remember the sermon but I'll never ever forget the altar call I was in tears I practically was running up the aisle and it is so stupid to say but it's true my heart felt like somebody had a cattle prod lit to my heart and that was the Holy Spirit just coming inside me, plain and simple. And I was forever my life has forever changed since that time. <laughs> Meanwhile, I was still laid off. It was two years. Back at that time, you have to know there was no such thing as cell phones. Okay. And I was terrified to leave the cheap apartment that we lived in. I was registered with a lot of different employment agencies. But if I left to go to the store, I might miss call called that an interview. So it was lonely. It was depressing. It was isolating. It was one of the hardest things I've ever gone through. And also during this time, while writing freelance for The Chronicle, I started approaching some other magazines and just doing anything I can to, to bring work because I hated accepting money from anybody I just hated it Mm -hmm. but you do what you have to do when you have a child right yes you do um, it was like God was saying how bad do you want this how bad do you want this Mary and I'm like pretty bad (laughs) Mm -hmm. and so about a year into the first layoff I decided to contact oil and gas company publications because Houston is well known as the oil and gas capital of the world and One uh, editor in particular, he and I chatted on the phone for close to an hour. And at the end, he said, you know, you've been so nice to talk to. Why don't you send me some of your clips and your resume? You know, we don't really hire freelancers, but I just want to see, you know, kind of what you've done. So I'm like, okay, y'all, listen, (laughs) who in the world would have thought one year later, not joking, one year later, A real editorial position would become available at that company. I would apply for the job. The guy remembered me. I interviewed twice. They offered me the job. Wow. And here's the scary thing. At the time, I had, this is really crazy, at the time, It was July of that year, and I don't know if y'all have ever been to Texas in the summer, but it is really hot, and it is really humid. And the air conditioner had gone out of our house at the apartment, and I just lost my mind. I really did. The stress, Mm -hmm. everything, the heat, everything. We went to what I call Hotel Joe. You just use your imagination, (laughs) you know. We spent the night at Hotel Joe and we had shower. We jumped on the bed, air conditioning, air conditioning. I mean, how pathetic. We slept like we hadn't slept in, in years. Mm-hmm. We woke up the next morning. I took us to breakfast at Hotel Joe. I mean, can you kind of understand my desperate mindset? Mm-hmm. I had no business taking us to a hotel much less treating us to pancakes the next morning, like people with a job, like people on vacation, like normal people. I lost my mind. I took my daughter after that. I took her to a friend's house. I went apartment shopping. I found a brand-new apartment. I increased intentionally the rent by $300 a month without a full-time job. It was like God saying to me, I don't want you living there anymore. You don't, it, It's time for you to move. Do you trust me or not? And really, I, wouldn't have, I was so desperate and, and just so sick of everything. I wouldn't have cared if they kicked us out the next day. I wanted one night and one day in a nice apartment with my daughter. And I think as parents, y'all can probably understand that. When I got the job offer for the editorial position, I'm so grateful for the guys, the engineer guys, who were my friends at this point. Because it was then they said, Mary, you will regret this for the rest of your life if you don't take this job. This this opportunity may never happen again. You have got to go for it. And, of course, when HR at this company, I was a contract worker, heard about my offer suddenly they made me an offer after like seven or eight months anyway long story short i took i i, I left i took that leap of faith i was able to pay for that 300 extra dollar month. you know rent that is so good and that's just one of a million different miracles that he has brought about in my life and the second layoff I believe it was in 2002, and three weeks later, I fell 16 feet off the top rung of the ladder in my backyard. Oh, no. I was trying to prune the tree myself because a single mom has to do what a single mom has to do. So I broke my right leg. I tore the meniscus in my right knee, and I... A week later, and having a little talk with my friend God, <laughs> and I'm like, Lord, are you kidding me? Really? Why would you allow me to have another layoff? I mean, I think I learned a lot from the first one. <laughs> and why, why, why this accident where I am housebound, howling at the moon in pain? Hello, I can't jive. How much, you know, why did you allow this? Boom, like, boom. I want you to write a book about trusting me during the layoff, to which I replied, "Uh aha, right, that is such a (laughs) (laughs) community I love you, you have such a good sense of humor, not happening, got the wrong person. I'm not smart enough, I'm not a Bible study teacher, I'm not a pastor, I am nothing.
1: (laughs) That's kind of (laughs) what Moses said, too.
2: And I'm like, you're right, Lord. And I'm embarrassed to say, you guys, I actually had an argument for about three months. I was terrified. I mean, this was like not even something I ever even wanted to do. Write, Write for magazines and newspapers? Yeah, but write a book? That never even occurred to me. But, you know, that's what happened. And uh, I did what I could to find a publisher. But here's this will blow your mind. So I finished it in 2003. Again, it was the second layoff, 2002 to 2004. The book was finished in 2003. After six or seven months... Um, I had knee surgery. I lost my beloved, beautiful mother, horrifically and unnecessarily. I went through a lot during my second layoff, and my friends would say, Mary, we cannot take one more thing happening to you. How can you be so calm? It's like, look, I know God. He took care of me during the first layoff. He, He, you know... He will take care of me. Calm down. Y'all calm down. If I can be calm, (laughs) you know. But here's the thing. So it was finished in 2003. After about six months, I got kind of mad at God. I'm like, look, this was your deal. You find a publisher. I need a job, please. And, you know, I was, God can handle our anger and our frustration he he's so big he you know he understood where i was coming from so years later go by out of the clear blue sky i meet a wonderful man we date for a year and a half um actually saturday will be our 12th anniversary congratulations congratulations on that less than a year um of being married Out of the clear blue sky, I get an email from a publisher in Florida wanting a copy of this manuscript, which I had completely forgotten about. Like, it's like that. You know, I had a job to find. I had knee surgery. I had lost my mother. I had grief. I had a child. I had a you know stuff going on. A new job. You know, and I'm like, I hope I can find it because I had just gotten married. So here's the kicker, and this is, I know I'm probably talking to, but this is the kicker. How did that publisher find me? Think about it. My last name changed. This was five or six years after the book was written, and I didn't live with my husband before we got married. So my name changed, my address changed, my phone number changed, my email address changed.
0: It has to be a God thing, you know? It has to be God working behind the scenes to connect the right people to you.
2: Totally. And the book got published, I mean, like six months later. And, you know, and what I want people to know is um, when I share this story or any other, and I probably have 20 or 30 stories, and those are the ones that I'm going to put in the prayers for the laid off, because people need to know not only prayer, but they need to hear from someone who has been through it and and God has come through for them. But I want people to know I am not anybody special at all in the world's eyes. I am just a regular person, but I'm special to God, who is our Heavenly Father, and God shows no favoritism. So He loves all of us equally, All of us have unique gifts, skills, and abilities. And the best joy anybody can ever have is to find what is it God created me to do.
0: Oh, you couldn't you couldn't say a more true statement because I think a lot of people wrestle with what is it that God wants me to do in life? And you know a common theme in the bible is god uses the called not the qualified he does that consistently you know he hasn't picked the cream of the crop he's picked the people who are completely couldn't do it but he did that for a reason because he's glorified in those moments you know when
1: amen to that
0: when they triumph through christ yeah
2: yeah I have an incredible story about my my favorite worst job interview in the world, but you probably don't have time for that.
0: No, please go (laughs) ahead and share.
2: Really? Yeah, go ahead. Oh, okay. You can edit out if you want to.
1: Well, no, this is really apropos for tonight, I believe, with people getting uh, laid off and furloughed, as they call it. And there's a lot of people listening right now that I know have been furloughed and or laid off. So this is a very... Uh, timely message and uh, i i find it no mistake that you're on with us tonight so anything that you can share well, story wise or testimony wise that can bring encouragement please do I,
2: I i seriously thank you this this has to be my favorite story because it's just so awful <laughs> it's just so awful so remember during my second layoff i fell 16 feet out of the tree and you know broke myself And uh, I didn't have insurance because Cobra insurance, my stars, Cobra, you know, that's so expensive. That was like more than the salary I made for when I was working. (laughs) You bet. And so I hobbled around for about 10 months, not even knowing I needed knee surgery. I had crutches. I had walker. I had. I leave. I had ibuprofen. I had heat packs, ice packs, your mama's packs. I had all <laughs> stuff. Nothing was working. And one January, I, I, it must have been, it was either January 03 or 04, but it was January. Um, I had a job interview in Topeka, Kansas. It was an editorial position for uh, a magazine. I believe it was... Um, horticulture or flowers or plants or something, whatever, I don't care. It was a job and it was writing, therefore I wanted it. <laughs> so uh, my sweet brother gave me his gas card and I drove to Topeka, Kansas, where I had never been before, using the uh, crutch as a gas pedal, probably not a good idea. And I spent the night somewhere halfway because it's a long way. I wake up the next morning. Remember, I know no one in in Topeka. I've never been to Kansas. I wake up the next morning. I'm showered, looking good, feeling good for my 9 o'clock job interview. I go outside. There's like I don't know how many feet of snow on the ground, but like a lot. Mm -hmm. And I open the car door. My car doesn't start. And I'm so not kidding. And who am I going to call? So I run back into the hotel room. I literally fall to my knees, and I'm like, Lord, this is really not funny. What am I supposed to do? Boom. Get the the phone book out. Call the First Baptist Church. No offense to any other faith. That's just what the Lord said. Call the First Baptist Church you find, and somebody will answer the phone. So that's exact, because, I mean, the time was ticking, right? So I called, and the secretary answered. She quickly put the pastor on the phone. He heard the story. He said, everything's going to be okay. The associate pastor and I, we will come and get you. I've already called for, you know, Johnny Smith, whoever, the truck driver, guy, you know, the mechanic. They're going to come, pick up your rent car, take it to the shop. We will take you to your job interview. We will pick you up from the job interview and take you back to the car shop. I mean I mean just how that's just so nice. That's just so nice. So, you know, I'm pretty frazzled and I, you know, did the job interview the best that I could and I didn't really want it after the interview. I would have taken it because I needed a job, but anyway, they came and picked me up, took me back to the repair shop. Uh, The car was fixed, $1,800. Wow. Holy smokes. Now, listen, I didn't even have a checkbook because I didn't have a checking. I didn't have any money in my checking account, like none. Well, I might have had $10. Um, I called my brother. I called all three of my sisters. Nobody, as God's design, you got to remember, I mean, how weird. Nobody answered the cell phone. Nobody answered the house phone. One by one, I called each one of my friends. Finally, the last friend picked up the phone. It was hers. my friend Stella. Told her what was happening. She's like, here's my credit card. You can use it, but I will not let you pay me back. Only under those conditions can you use my credit card. Wow. Is that not just the nicest thing in the world? It is. Okay. So obviously I used her credit card and I drove home. You see how God provided and what's so neat is um ironically about seven or eight months, you know, how some months passed. Stella's mom had ironically knee surgery. And it was a t- during a time where layoffs were happening. And I said, Stella, why don't I take your mom to her physical therapy appointments after what you did for me and getting that car bill paid, it's the least I can do. And she's like, Oh my gosh, Mary, that would be so great because I'm so scared. She's got to go like four times a week. I can't be taking off work every day for hours to do this. And consider it equal and I'm like, I just want to do it, you know? Mm-hmm. And so that's another favorite story. I mean, I have a lot of stories, so <laughs> but you know, God just he just provides over and over and over. I'm I'm kind of like, you know the the um I think it's in the New Testament. The blind man and he's like, look, all I know is I was once blind, now yep. I see
1: yep. Bartimaeus.
2: For me, all I know is, for sure, I went through two separate two-year layoffs as a single mom many years ago. And while most of my basic needs were met by my family and friends, and for that I will always be grateful, but God allowed me to go through those hard times I just spoke about and so many more. But he really, he did not want me getting on the phone to my family and friends so that he could prove himself to me. That's how I know that I know that I know. I know God is faithful. I know he can be trusted. There's nothing he can't do. Nothing. And he will blow your mind if you trust him it's you know yes, it's, the, he will. it's the right
0: message right now that people need to hear you know that he will blow your mind if you just trust him um mm-hmm. and it's one of the hardest things we we struggle with is trusting god so it's one of
2: the, yeah one of the um scriptures that really i drew upon and i will i will i close with this um because i will probably run it over time i trying to be conscious it's uh it's psalm 118 5 and 6 and this was so true for me from my distress i called upon the lord the lord answered me and he sent me in a large place the lord is for me i will not fear what can man do to me right what can so, you mean? know Amen. for anyone who is between jobs laid off especially it doesn't matter what you're laid off you know if it's the the coronavirus or, or anything, it's so it's so normal and natural to be so afraid. Man, I get it. Where am I going to get my next job? There's no jobs. Everybody's getting laid off. God has all that you need. All that you need all the time. He has all the right answers. No one will love you more. No one will care for you like him. And I just beseech you to trust Him as your Lord and Savior. If you don't right now, I am sure Teen and Fritz can help walk you through that process. And I appreciate y'all listening to me. Well, it's been
0: an absolute pleasure having you. And again, we appreciate the fact that you were willing to contact us and to share your stories with us. Because, you know, Fritz always says, somebody out there needed to hear it. And I know that I certainly needed to hear it. It's been, it's definitely blessed me and I know it's, it's going to bless other people. So
1: well, it was certainly a timely message for this pandemic that's going on. And, uh, what I want you to do though, right now is, uh, Mary told us something before the podcast that I don't think there's a lot of people on Mixler right now that could probably use this. So if you would put, um,
0: so she's uh, Mary's willing to give away 10 free copies of her book, Help for the Laid Off. You just need to go to her website at marycarto.com, and I'll spell that for you, M-A-R-Y-K-A-A-R-T-O.com.
2: And I would also like to say, if see, I talk too so much, you know, <laughs> uh, but I'm so passionate about this. Um, I have been able and been so privileged to people reach out to me anytime. I want people to reach out to me anytime because I never get tired of listening to people. It's so different when someone says, Oh, I know what it feels like when you both know they don't have a clue. Okay. That's <laughs> they mean well. Yeah, that's right? the truth. I know what your people are going through and I will never ever get tired of listening to people want to just unburden with someone that really not only knows from a total of four years but someone who deeply cares god did not allow me to go through this for the fun of it he allowed me for such a time as this and for such a purpose as this and so you know people can reach out to me they'll have my email address and um, i have Facetime with people i have met people in person which you know, my husband would probably die. Well, no, he, he does know a couple of times, but <laughs> he always has the address and you know, the name And it, I've only been twice and there' been women. but anyway, I just I have a real heart for people that are hurting, especially in this area that is near and dear to me. I want to help as many people as I can. And thank y'all so much for having me.
1: Fantastic. Thank you, Mary. And listen, will you promise to come back and do a part two? Because I know there's a lot that we didn't get to kind of with the time constraint and everything.
0: Yeah, maybe after maybe after you've written prayers for the laid off, we can schedule something.
2: That would be great. I am working my tail off on this because, you know, there's a pandemic of the coronavirus. But I would like to have a pandemic of prayer. Ooh, amen. You know. Let's have a pandemic of prayer for people that are unemployed, because it's not only that person, but it's the family. It's the friends. It's the church family. It's the community. It's like a layoff affects everybody. And there's so many people, and that's why I think God put this on my heart to write this, you know, this third book. So I'm really pushing to get it out there, and um, I would love to because I have so many stories It's absurd. I mean, seriously, y'all have only heard two. So <laughs> well, we want to hear some more,
1: Mary, and and, and since you've promised to come back, then uh, you and Tina can talk about a a date to do that. Either whether it's pre or post uh, publishing of the new book, but we'd love okay. to. Uh, now that uh, it's kind of wet our listeners' appetite, we'd like to kind of maybe delve in a little deeper with you, and that'd be great. Maybe we could even field some questions uh, oh, on man, the I podcast. I so, would so
2: love that. Yeah, I would love. Let's just let's just do the whole thing. <laughs> let's help people, man. Seriously, <laughs>
1: that's what it's all about. You I know, am down for that. You betcha, and especially in this time of crisis and uncertainty, people are trying to find their purpose. And I think that... They really uh, are. Yeah.
2: They're, can we close in prayer?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Take it away, Mary.
2: Oh, you're going to put me on the spot? I'm, oh, gosh. I was, <laughs> hey, you okay. asked for it. <laughs> okay. Oh, <gosh. laughs> Father God, help me get over my nerves. Lord, I lift up... Lord, I lift up everyone who is laid off. There are so many, Lord, I know what it feels like. I know what it feels like to have the bottom fall out of their hearts and their homes. I know what it feels like for the families, the husbands, and the wives, and the children, Lord. And for the husbands, they're they're the leisure of the home. I mean, it's their responsibility under your design. And my heart goes out for them because... A lot of times in the world, it's the first question is, what do you do? Not what you name, but what do you do? And suddenly, these husbands don't have a, this is what I do, because they don't have a job, Lord. And that's very hard for men. I know that because of the many men I have talked to. For the wives, Lord, you know that it's, for the wives, their number one need is security. The man's number one need is respect. The woman's a security, Lord, and it's very scary for the wives to not have a husband who has a job. How are they get to, you know, how's this going to work? And Lord, the parents together as a couple, how are they going to present themselves to the children? How are they going to talk to the children about this, Lord? So Father, I lift the couple up, and I pray that you would give them the ability to be honest, but also to talk to each child in a way that the child is age appropriate. Lord, what better time than a layoff for the parents to model their faith and trust in you before those kids? Because, God, I know from years of experience, I used to know about you. I was taught about you as a child. But being taught about and knowing, are two different things, Lord. So I pray in Jesus' name that everyone affected by a layoff will be drawn to you because you are waiting for them with open arms. You will love them, provide for them, protect them, counsel, guide, and so much more. We all need only you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
1: Amen to that. Mary, you are such a blessing. Thank you so much.
0: You certainly are. From Texas. We really <laughs> thank appreciate you
2: for Thank you for your patience and listening to me.
1: <laughs> well, that's why I want to do a part two. I want to have you back and uh, maybe...
2: I am so happy to hear that.
1: Field some questions and talk about some stuff a little deeper now that we know who you are and our listeners are familiar with you. And please, if you get a chance... Go to uh, MaryCarto.com. That's M-A-R-Y-K-A-A-R-T-O.com. And the first 10 of you to do that, will get a free book. And uh, yeah. it's a very generous her. I know I'm going to get one.
2: <laughs> it is well, very generous. You just go to my email and, you know, give me your email address and I will be, and obviously I'll need your home address. But uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm fired up. Because I want to help people, you know, that's the whole thing. And um
1: What is the name of the book anyway, that you're you're giving, Mary?
2: The the first book is Help for the Laid Off. Okay. The sec- the second book I wrote, um, in I think two thousand I don't even know. About five years ago about five years later, five years ago, uh, that's called Hope for the Laid Off. That's a devotional book for people that are unemployed, and uh, it's got scripture and then devotions, uh, certainly pertaining to people that are between jobs and how God is so faithful. Man, I'm seriously. And um, so, yeah, suddenly last week, he just put this third book into me, Prayers for the Laid-off, and. I'm going to uh, have prayers on topics like fear and finances, stress, worry, um, anxiety, because those are all feelings that people go through, and um, the prayers are going to be directed towards those topics. And then I'm also going to include. What do What do y'all think? I was I was thinking of including one or two stories of my own experiences between each chapter so that the reader will will read. You know, this is not about me, by the way, also. Mary's just me. I'm, you know, like I said, I am not any, anybody special. Well, um, I, I'm, I'm just don't trying th- to use what God has given me. I don't know. I thought about putting a personal story between each chapter only so the reader would know, well, wow, she really does get it. She really, you know, I
1: don't know. I don't think there's any that's substitution what, for the human experience and to hear what God has done. And that's why God Stories Radio is a powerful tool, because people come in and they tell their stories and how God found them. And uh, yeah, they, I they mean, relive that. It's argue very powerful.
2: somebody's testimony.
1: Right. Exactly. So I would vote for the for the personal stories myself, I would, I would enjoy those.
0: He gave you the testimony Gina. for a reason, you know, that's
1: right. Don't put it on the you shelf. I have
0: so
2: many, And that's just it. It was like, after I wrote um, the first book and I mean, nobody was more surprised than me other than my husband. He didn't even know I had written a book. So imagine he's, he's like, what? But um, <laughs> I always wondered Years later, dang, I have so many good stories. Why didn't I put those in it? You know, and and this is this has to be why, because here's this book, and I don't sit around thinking, oh, what book can I write next? I mean, God gives it to me, and that's it. And there you go. You know, exactly. does anybody, any other, you know, whatever they're gifted at, you know, everybody's gifted at something. Nobody's better than anybody else. And I will be the first one to say that because I'm living proof. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I'd say that's session two thirty nine. I would, I would say
1: that too. And man, uh, what a good time! Thank you again, Mary, for being on with us uh, all the way from Texas. And we're going to well, have. Thank
2: you for having me, and thank you for your patience uh, and, and for just letting me talk a little bit over it happens with me. I'm sorry for
1: that. (laughs) Well, that's okay. I know that I was blessed and there was a bunch of people. Everybody that's on Mixler right now is everybody's there. And uh, I know that this was a timely message. And in the midst of this pandemic, it's one thing to deal with that. And then it's another thing to deal with unemployment. So I think it was very encouraging and a a very timely message. And I thank you, Mary. I can't uh,
2: wait to hear from people. I can't wait to give away books and I can't wait to hear from people. and, And hopefully talk to them
1: one-on-one nothing makes
2: me happier well, th- well except maybe being well, i appreciate
1: day. that thank you so much mary <laughs> so go visit mary at marycarto.com M A R Y K A R T ocom and uh beat one of the 10 to get your free copy of the book i know that uh i'm getting one it's very timely and uh we just thank you and we uh we're praying for you and i know this time of uncertainty and the pandemic and now our county's going on lockdown as of midnight tonight and there's a lot of anxiety and we just know that gsr is here for you and we love you and appreciate you and people like mary are out there caring for you from texas and we appreciate that so much and uh we just appreciate you turning it turning tuning in and listening tonight any any departing words there babe
0: uh just you know keep the nation in prayer and the world in prayer because uh we need a revival for you know to the lord we need to turn our focus to the lord and just prayers up to him
1: amen to that well well all We're right that about wraps it up for session 239 i'm fritz i'm tina and uh we love you mikey
0: we love you Mike. wherever
1: you're you are right now god bless god bless